I am BJ Yoho. Welcome to Thundercast. Today on Thundercast, I will be interviewing Mr. and Mrs. Sean and Lori Van Diemender. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having us, BJ. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. So, uh, Mrs. Van Diemender, you are the librarian at yes. Eastern. Yes. And Mr. Van Diemender, you teach uh, communications classes, right? Uh, well, I teach industrial technology classes, but uh, Intro to Communications is one of them, yes. Okay. Um, Mr. Van Diemender, I remember back in your first year, you said that you used to be a principal down at uh, Bloomfield High School, was it? No, actually, I was a principal at Mitchell High School. Ah, Mitchell yeah. High School. So going from the being the principal at Mitchell High School and coming to teach a class at Eastern Green, how did you make that decision to transition from more higher up to coming to Eastern with a regular teaching job? BJ, being a principal takes a lot out of you. You know, your job never ends. When you have students that are in a play or in you know, a basketball game or a baseball game or a football game, you want to try to support all your students. So personally, I tried to go to every event that I possibly could go to. Trying to do that, trying to, you know, run the school with the teachers, run discipline, also try to be a husband and a father myself. Uh, there's not a lot of hours in the day for you to do all those things. And after 10 years of it, I was just tired. And I wish you could say as a principal, you get to make a lot of student relationships, and I missed that part of it, because being a teacher in class, you see those kids every day, and you get to talk with those kids every day in class, and you can build some relationships that way, and that's what I missed, so it was a good opportunity for me. We're trying to step back a little bit, but um, I've enjoyed it. I feel like uh, a lot of people, when they go into different careers, they're always focusing a lot on the money aspect of it so I remember when you first came here a lot of people when you'd said you used to be a principal everybody was like oh why'd you leave that I bet that got paid a lot more and I remember you always said the money is not always the best part of it and I feel like a lot of people they try to look too much at the money aspect of it but the part they're missing is they're going to be working at that job and They've got to like it because if they don't like it, then they're not going to give it their all. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, and you're right. I, I tell a lot of my classes that, you know, if you figure a minimum, you're going to be working in a job for 30 to 40 years. And if you start out in the first five or six years and you're just miserable in that job, it's going to be a long 30 to 40 years. You got to try to find something that you enjoy doing. Now, education has been good, and I'm not trying to speak for Mrs. V, but I think both of us would say this. Education has been good to us. We enjoy the changes every day with kids and just being around kids and trying to help them and guide them and lead them. And, you know, it's been very good to us. So we're big supporters of the educational system. So I talked to Mrs. Van Dievener, and she said you were high school sweethearts. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I don't even really remember the first time that we met. He moved to um, the same school that I was in, which is Bloomfield, moved there in fourth grade. And so sometime in fourth grade, we met. We dated a few times earlier years, um, but our senior year of high school, we started dating and we haven't broken up since. She was desperate. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> it was a choice. 
<laughs> it was a choice. Well, you guys make an amazing couple. Thank I will you. say that. So being married, you're together a lot at home, and now you come and uh, work at the same place at Eastern Green. How does that feel, seeing each other in the hallway, being husband and wife and co-workers? It's actually something that we have never gotten to experience before because um, I've been in education for 30 years now. I, we, I say I, but we've been in education for 30 years. And um, for the first 27 of those years, we didn't have the same schedule. We wouldn't have the same spring break or the same Christmas break. Um, also, for the first lots of years, um, Sean was a basketball coach, which is also something that takes an extreme amount of time and effort and commitment away from the family. So then after basketball coach, he moved into the principal's seat and uh, we have spent so much time away from each other and, and not being able to see each other except in passing, like talking about who's going to pick up the dog at the vets or who's going to drop off the kids doing something. But it's just good for us now to actually be with each other, to, to be able to see each other. So it's not a burden at all. I mean, it's something that we have looked forward to, and it was actually part of our decision when he decided to step out of the administrator's role. Uh, Mrs. Van Devender, you wrote a book. I did. I, I believe it was published last year? It was published in 2019. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. It's not every day you learn that you know an author of a book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, it came out in September of 2019, which was just in time for the pandemic to start. So I didn't get to do some of the traditional kinds of things when you launch a book because of the quarantine. Hopefully, we'll, I'll be able to start back up with some of the things. My book is called The Auspicious You, and it's letters to hesitant and hopeful young adults. Basically, it's for high school seniors and college kids. And it is based in all of the conversations that I've had with kids throughout the years. And I, I have a... Um, gift that I always give the students who are in my classes, which is just a blank envelope. And they have to send me a letter, and then I write them back and send them their graduation present. And um, actually, my seniors this year just got their letters yesterday. And I love sitting down and writing to them and answering their questions. Whenever I did, it started into the process of thinking through that I'm seeing the same kinds of issues lots of times over and over and over. And so those same issues became something I wanted to share even more, which became the letters for the book. So you can read it from the beginning to the end, and it makes sense, but you can also just step into the one particular letter that you need at the moment. There's also a Christian companion that I wrote. So for every single letter, there's also um, Bible scripture and another letter from me, basically, that um, is faith-based as well. What do you think was your main goal writing when you were writing The Auspicious You? I think encouragement, because you're standing right on the edge of, of your future right now. So you know that feeling of, oh, I can't come back here next August. I've got to plan something else. And the things that people plan, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And when things don't work out, I just saw students really panicking and lots of stress and lots of questions about what their future should be. And honestly, I just wanted to encourage and just to give a moment of just calm down. 
it's going to be okay. You can think through this, and here are some specific steps that you can take to think through the different issues that you're having. I feel like a lot of the books out there that are meant to give encouragement don't really hit the right beats. And I sat down, and I read a little bit of your book, and it hits a lot of the beats. That means a lot to me. Thanks. Thanks. One of the biggest issues I have with books of the genre that you have written, Mm -hmm. they don't hit the right beats. They um, automatically assume, okay, this is what's going on in the person's head, and this is what I need to cover. But they never hit the right notes, and they never get the right aspect down. Whereas in your book, it's almost like you can read minds, or you've seen everything, so you have an answer for what everybody needs to know. And I think that's part of it, BJ. I Like we said, we've been doing this for 30 years. So nothing surprises us at this point. And we've seen so many kids face the same kinds of issues. And when you see that many people doing the same thing, you just know that it's a, a real issue in our society or in our schools or in that age group. So I, it means a lot that it meant something to you. Um, but nothing made it into my book if I only saw or heard it one time, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. When, yeah. I, when I wanted to figure out what I wanted to write about, and there's like three sections. There's a relationship section. There's encouragement. So like as you are facing your decisions about college and what happens if you're at college and you make mistakes and if you do something stupid, how do you get out of it? And what about your future when you're thinking along the encouragement lines? So there's three different sections. I've seen several different kids come up with the same problems, with the same questions, with the same insecurities. And I just tried to write to those specific ones. So in the, in the book, it's like I bring forward lots of specific examples, but it's still to that you can put yourself into it. You know this was a real story. You know this really happened to somebody. Actually, it's happened to probably five or six somebodies, but you can totally put yourself into it. What's the plan next for your uh, bibliography? Are you going to write a sequel? What's next? He wasn't too certain that I should write anymore. When I said I was going to write more, he was like, you're going to do what? <laughs> isn't, isn't it a one and done? And I was like, no, it's not a one and done. You don't think that's true? I don't you ever don't... remember having that conversation. Okay, he was teasing me about it, actually. It wasn't a, like a full-blown conversation. It was a tease. But I don't want to say I don't know where it came from. The word auspicious, you, like that title... Um, was given to me. It, it came to me. It was really good. I, I really liked it. And I, as a person of faith, believe that God helped me figure that one out. It's where I was supposed to go, what I was supposed to write. And I can just sort of see a genre of that coming up, the auspicious teacher, the auspicious parent, kind of following along those, those steps. So the auspicious you is for those high school students and those college kids. But I, I kind of see some other ones coming along, too. And uh, when we retire in a couple of years, I have my writing studio set up in the house. So I'm, I'm ready to, to go with that. And I want to do some Bible studies. So, yeah, there's definitely plans for more. Sweet. I can't wait to see what comes. Me, too. <laughs> Me, too. So, uh, speaking of God, both of you have talked a lot about how God has impacted you both in your life. I know he's impacted me greatly in my life. And so when you brought up having a special relationship with God, it, I really wanted to, I was really drawn close to that. What role does God play 
in your life and how you live your life in a sense and how much you know you know him bj my answer to that is not going to be the same as hers she's very good at the scriptures and how the bible is laid out and i'm not that's not one of my strong suits but to me god is my faith he is my rock and there are times in life when you have things go against you and you get beaten down and for me i always just try to come back and if i do come back to god it helps me believe that i'm going to get through this i'm going to continue on i'm going he won't give me more than i can handle and i'm more along those types of lines but it's an everyday thing you know my big feeling on that is, is i think every person has their own relationship with god and she and i have talked great deals about this it doesn't make one person's view right or wrong but it's that relationship within you the person that makes it special yeah i think the word relationship is definitely i am a long time uh, person of faith i don't remember the first time i went to church you know what i mean just like grew i grew up in that environment we've had to make our and and sean did too but we've had to make our own decisions and find our own faith, which is what we also encourage our children to do. And we encourage the people around us to do because you can't live off of each other's. Um, you, it's, it's your personal relationship that matters the most. And I think that both of us can say throughout our lives, there have just been different things that have happened that you can't explain otherwise, different opportunities that came. I didn't mean to write a book. I did not mean to. I came across something at Christmas time, 2018, and just thought, you know, what what's this? And started looking into it. So little things like that that I know I have been directed to do certain things. I, I think it's important for everybody to make their own decisions on that and be able to have the freedom to, you know, choose their following because you can't depend on someone else's faith. God, he gives you the choice. He doesn't force you to believe in him. Of course, he wants you to believe in him, but he doesn't sit there and tell you, okay, you have to believe in me. But I, I really like how you get the freedom of that. But I also really like, unlike in other religions and other beliefs where you have a set of rules where you have to follow, whereas in Christianity and reading the Bible, yeah, there are rules you have to follow like you can't sin or anything like that but you get to develop a special relationship with god and god encourages you to see him like as more than a king or someone to worship he's he wants you to see him more as like a parent and someone that you know right, yeah I because can... we are going to mess up yeah everybody is going to everybody has everybody will and that relationship is what helps you in those moments. Mm -hmm. And I like relationship. I feel like a lot of Christians, a lot of people get too caught up in the religion aspect of right. it. And they really forget what it's really about. Because you can read the entire Bible front to back cover. And you can read all the stories about Jesus Christ. All the miracles that he performed. But you could still miss Jesus. And you can still miss the point of what it's trying to say. The Bible, it's 
while it's also a historical account of what was going on, it's also a message. Like, it's trying to tell us something. And I really like, in one of the passages, the entire Bible is literally summarized in one sentence by Jesus. And I feel like when you read the Bible and you pray and you get to know God a lot more, it helps develop that relationship. And it helps you kind of understand what you can understand. And it kind of helps you get past differing views that other people will have because we got to pay attention to what really matters, a relationship with God. Yeah, these days we're just trying to keep our focus on him and serve well. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been trying to do that as well. I kind of feel like COVID has really drawn me closer to him. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm like you, Mrs. V. Uh, I, I don't remember the first time I ever went to church. I've always believed in God. I got baptized, I believe, back either in first grade or second grade. I can't really remember when it was. But I always believed in God, but I kind of feel like especially in twenty with 2020 and COVID, I grew a lot more closer to him, and I felt like I actually got into the feeling of, okay, I want to talk to God. I want to sit down and just spend time with him, learn from him, let him teach me. And I have doubts and all that, and I know I always get hit by negative stuff, but I always know that in the end of the day, yeah, God does want to hear from me. God does want to know what I'm thinking about, and I just got to let that drive me to talk to him. And I think that might have a little bit to do with your age as well, because you're maturing to the point where you can understand those kinds of things, which, and I don't want to talk for you, Sean, but I think that's another reason why we like to be around high school kids. We like the age of the kids because you are starting to think different things. And and in his class, he can see people thinking about their future and thinking about what's coming with a, a career. And with mine, I can see them thinking about what's what's coming up next, what's my next plan. So I think that the maturity level has a lot to do with that as well. What kind of impact do you want to have on your students? I know, Mrs. Van Dievender, I know you especially, you've had a lot of impact on your students. And Mr. Van Dievender, I know you've had a big impact on your students as well. I remember in my class when I had you as a teacher, you impacted us quite a bit too. You might not have seen like that, but you really impacted us a lot. So what kind of impact do you guys want to have on your students? BJ, for me, you know, I want to impact the kids in a positive manner. You you probably heard me talk that first year. I'm a big believer in respect. And, you know, I think I told you guys, it's not just the teacher stand up there and say, you are going to respect me or else. That doesn't get respect. I'm a big believer that you get respect by giving respect. And one of the ways that I do that is I try to be fair with each and every student. Now, when I was the principal at Mitchell High School, I tried to be fair in my discipline. That doesn't mean that I'm going to let students off. That simply means that it doesn't matter who the student was. I'm going to be consistent. And if I give you, you know, a detention for a cell phone issue, I'm going to give every student a detention for that cell phone issue. It's just you have to be fair with each and every student. You can't pick and choose. And by doing those things, I think if you talk to the majority of the kids that I've had, I think they would say they respect me. And to me, that means probably the most. As far as in the classroom itself, what do I want kids to take out? If I can teach you 
one or two things, I think I've been successful. I try to get kids to look at all different angles. Don't just look at one path because what are you going to do if that path doesn't work out? You know, look at all these other options too. If I can do those things, that's my goal. This is a hard question, BJ. I try to get creative. Because because (laughs) there are so many answers. Part of me wants to say, I'm Mama V. I'm I'm, um, the one that's going to take care of you. I'm the one that's going to, if there's a problem, we're going to solve it. We're going to figure it out. However, I also want self-advocacy because you have to be an advocate for yourself. I want to give you some situations where you're in a tough spot and my classes are not easy. You know, it's the IU and the Ivy Tech class um, with the English stuff. And I want to put you in a spot where you have to ask for help. I want to teach you how to do that because that's a skill that's going to be there for the rest of your life too. And then just making the things that we read and that we write matter to you matter to your life, recognizing the value, you know, of the people that bring that to you. I, I can happily say both of you have had a huge impact on a lot of people here. Mr. Van Devender, where you said with respect, I feel like respect is a huge factor that a lot of people, it's really important to learn it from early on as well. And I feel like with you exposing the different, all these students to respect is really great. And I got to say, I feel like a lot of people here respect you and love you for it. Well, thank you. And Mrs. Van Devender, with you, I feel like a lot of people have been taken aback by how, like, a homely person you are and how welcome they feel in your classroom and in your library where you are. Because every time I go into the library, for whatever reason, I always see you talking to somebody. Right. I don't think I've ever been in the library where when it's been empty. There's always at least one person in there with and you. And that's what I want. I want it to be a place for people to be. That's the best part when, we have, when we're surrounded by our kids. Well, is there anything else, closing thoughts you'd like to say? If any of your students are listening to this, is there anything that you would want to say? I want to say congratulations to you all, to the class of 2021. Proud of you. You guys have had kind of a rough road from the construction to COVID to COVID to virtual to all kinds of stuff. But here we are and you know, getting closer to the graduation for you guys. So that's pretty exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, you should be. Thanks. You should be. And just remember, we're always right here. BJ, I just want to thank everybody for letting me be part of Eastern. I mean, they've been welcomed with open arms, and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I feel like Eastern's a family. I feel like everybody is close in one way or another. Right. Whether it's through blood relation or friendship, relationship, whatever it is. I feel like everybody has ties to everybody here right? in a sense. And I think that's what makes Eastern special, like different from all the other schools in Greene County. And I feel like that's just what makes Eastern stand out amongst the crowd. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you for having us. Definitely. Thank you. you. Definitely. Thank you for all that you do. And uh, thank you for being great role models for all these students, I hope as more classes come in, I hope they definitely come into your classrooms and get as much of an impact as you've already had on so many other students. Thanks, BJ. Thanks, BJ. Well, thank you for joining us today on Thundercast. Remember, always appreciate your teachers out there. With that, this has been BJ Yoho, and for the final time, this has been Thundercast. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thundercast. Please tune in for our next episode coming very soon. 
If you have any suggestions or comments, please email us at thundercast at egreen.k12.in.us. You can subscribe to hear every episode of Thundercast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Podbean. All content in this podcast is property of Eastern Green School Corporation and may not be used without express written permission. All rights reserved.